recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. It's going to be a quick one, so hold on to your seats. I love movies, you know that, that's not a secret. Um, and as people have mentioned, we're going through a series called Unlikely Heroes. This is our third week. We'll be concluding it next Sunday. And we've looked at some of the unlikely characters uh, that God used in, in the Bible and used them to do amazing things as part of his kingdom work in the world. Not the kind of people that we would ordinarily think would be hero material. And yet we've seen the way God has intervened in supernatural ways to use them profoundly in his kingdom work. And this morning, um, my message or my focus is going to be on a washed up hero. That's the, that's the title of my message, washed up hero. And uh, it's, it's based on a comeback story, I guess. And I love comeback stories. And one of my favorite movies is the movie called Hancock, uh, starring Will Smith. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, great movie. And it's, it's that story of this guy. He was a superhero, but he was just a washed out superhero. Um, he was angry. He was bitter. He was just messed up. He was an alcoholic. He was selfish. He just didn't care about anybody else. He wasn't using his powers for good. He was using it for selfishness. He was causing more damage than doing any good. And then he he meets someone that transforms his life. It's a, it's a story of redemption. It's a, it's a beautiful and amazing story of a great comeback. And it reminds me a little bit of our character today. And I want to focus on this washed up hero in the Bible and look at his comeback story that makes him an unlikely hero. And I don't know if you've guessed who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Samson. Samson. Now when you read Hebrews 11 verse 32, he's in the hall of fame. All right, the Hebrews heroes of faith. And to be honest, it intrigues me how he made it in. It really does. It, it, it just surprises me that he makes that list. And in, in another sense, it encourages me that he makes that list because he is a, a classic depiction of an unlikely hero and gives me hope that what God did in Samson's life, God can do in my life and God can do in your life so that you too can be an unlikely hero. And we see as we, his story is recorded in Judges um, chapter 13 to 16. And uh, uh, I'm going to read right kind of the end of his story. And then we're going to kind of look at his, his uh, story as a, as a whole. And we'll see these three distinct scenarios or scenes or chapters of his life. Um, and we'll see how God just kind of is at work in those three movements or, or shifts. And so we're going to look at the ending, which is found in Judges chapter 16. And we're going to read from verse 21 to the end of the chapter. And it says this, then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes and took him down to Gaza, binding him with bronze shackles they set him to grinding grain in the prison. Pretty bleak. But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. 
When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who laid waste our land and multiplied our slain. While they were high in spirits, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison and he performed for them. When they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, Put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple, so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please God, strengthen me just once more. And let me, with one blow, get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood. Bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other, Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And then he pushed with all his might and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. Then his brothers and his father's whole family went down to get him. They brought him back and buried him between Zorah and Eshtaol in the tomb of Manoah, his father. He led Israel 20 years. Father, I just ask in these moments we have that your Holy Spirit will speak to us. Encourage us, challenge us, inspire us to be unlikely heroes that you want to use in your great kingdom work in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. So when we go to Samuel's story, chapter 13, it's the first Judges, sorry. Judges, chapter 13. Um, we see the, the first movement I would call the hero moment. The hero moment. And Samson has a great beginning that we, we find a lot out about in, chap, in chapter 13 of Judges. I'm just going to run through these. He had a miracle birth. Verse 2, his mom could not have a child and God does a miracle. An angel announces his birth. Verse 3, very few people in the Bible had that privilege. Isaac, John the Baptist and Jesus. So Samson's in pretty good company with an angel announcement. He was separated to God from birth. Verse 4 and 5 tells us that. Again, very, very rare. Uh, Most people who took this Nazarite vow that the Bible talks about, they took it voluntarily and it was only for a limited period of time. Numbers chapter 6 tells us that. And yet, God instructs Samson's parents to do that on his behalf and set him apart for God's exclusive use for all of his life. He had godly parents who were committed to bring him up the way God wanted. Verses 8 to 14 tells us that. Here were godly good parents who were entrusted with the responsibility, as Josh reminded us, of raising up their son to know and to love and to serve God. Uh, His parents had a revelation of God themselves that confirmed his word. Verses 15 to 22 tells us that. And verse 24 tells us that that Samson was blessed by God. And verse 25 says that he was endowed with the Spirit of God. Again, in, in the Old Testament, that was a rare thing. Only the prophets, the priests, and the kings, or God's special people, had the Spirit of God come on them. So we see in this first movement of Samson's life, he was the hero. It was a great beginning and a great start. And then in chapter 14, we, and, and this extended middle, chapter 14, all the way to verses, uh, chapter 16, verse 20, 20 is the, the middle part. And this is the unlikely part. 
This is what I've called the messy middle. Everything seems to go wrong in this part of Samson's life. And this makes him a very, very unlikely hero. Again, let me just run through some things that we're told in these chapters. We're told that he was a womanizer. Chapter 14, verse 1. Chapter 16, verse 1. Chapter 16, verse 4. Not the kind of devoted, set-apart person for God that you would expect. We're told in chapter 14, verses 2 to 3, that he disobeyed God's law of intermarrying with foreigners. We're told that he violated the Nazarite vow that, he, that his parents had been uh, told to take on his behalf by touching a corpse, for, chapter 14, verses 8 and 9. It's also possible that he didn't keep the Nazarite vow of abstaining from alcoholic drink because he partied a lot, we're told, in chapter 14, verse 10. Um, it seems like when you read his story in this messy part in chapter 14, 15, and 16, that a lot of the amazing things that Samson did were motivated out of selfishness, were motivated out of his ego, were motivated out of just getting revenge with the people who'd done him wrong, not out of any sense of caring for God's people or rescuing God's people or delivering God's people from the Philistine oppression. He seems to, again, like I said, never really show any concern for God's people or their suffering under the Philistines, but really was out for himself. His prayer, recorded in 1518, which is one of the only times he actually makes any reference to God or seems to have any relationship to God, is more a whinge at God than anything else. You know, he's saying, God, you know, I'm so tired. Now, you're going to let me die of thirst? Come on, God, give me some water. And that's the extent of Samson's relationship with God. And really, the only other time Samson talks to God is in the last section of his life that we just read. And as we find out when we read this middle part, he treats his unique gift and his calling lightly, and he allows a persistent woman to take it from him. He didn't respect it. He didn't value it. He didn't appreciate it. And one of the saddest verses, I think, in all of Samuel's, uh, Samson's life, if not all of the Bible, is what the Bible says about Samson that it says about Saul as well. The Lord left him. Chapter 16, verse 20. Unlikely. A washed up potential superhero that never actually lived up to his potential. A failure. A disappointment. But then we come to the third movement in Samson's life. And this is the unlikely hero part. This is the third movement. And this is where we see the, the redeemed ending. And, and this is the, 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 the thought I want to live with you, to encourage you to believe that God can do the same thing in your life and turn your life around. And you too can be an unlikely hero, regardless of how well you might have started, regardless of how messy your middle might be right now or have been, that you can have a redeemed ending and be an unlikely hero. And two things for me stand out in this last movement in Samson's life. Two things that I think is why he qualifies to be in Hebrews 11.32 as, as a hero of faith. The first thing is that he remembered God. He remembered God. And again, just put yourself for a moment in Samson's shoes. It would have been easy for Samson to, in his last stage of life to be so bitter to be so angry. I mean, think about it. He's, he's been blinded. He's enslaved. He's being publicly humiliated. This, this mighty warrior, this, this judge, this hero that was meant to be, is just a shadow of his former self. 
He's there dependent on someone else to even guide him. And again, let's not gloss over anything here. A lot of Samson's dilemma was his own doing. It's because of his own disobedience, his own sinfulness, his own rejection of God and his calling on his life. Samson brought upon himself all of this, absolutely. But he could have turned his heart against God and been angry with God and been bitter against God and and, and wanted to rage against God. Or he could have been so ashamed, so ridden with guilt and condemnation that he would want to run a hundred miles away from God not want anything to do with God, to be so riddled with his sense of failure and how knowing where he began, knowing the great start, knowing the calling of God, knowing the the endowment of the Spirit, knowing the, the destiny and the future that God had for him, now looking at his life, at the end of his life going, oh my God, what have I done? I have wasted my life. And yet in this profound moment of faith, Samson remembers God. And we see that in his prayer. Just in these two words, he says, Sovereign Lord. Sovereign Lord. In his previous prayer, no names of God are used. But it's so significant that Samson uses these two words. One, sovereign. He's confessing, God, no matter what's happened in my life, you are sovereign. You are in control. You've been in control of my whole life. And I am in this moment by your sovereign will and design. He acknowledges God's control in his life. The second thing, Lord, that's, that's capital L-O-R-D, all in uppercase, is as we know from looking at the Bible many times, is the covenant name of God. It means Yahweh. Or it is the special name that Israel had for their God who had made covenant with them. And it was a declaration of God's faithfulness and that he was a promise-keeping God and that he was a good God that was constantly acting in, in, in grace and love towards his people. And Samson remembers that God who is sovereign And Yahweh, my Lord, my covenant-keeping God. Samson remembers God. The second thing that Samson does in this last movement that makes him an unlikely hero is he asks God to remember him. He asks God to remember him. Again, Samson had every reason to go, God, you would not be interested in me. God, you've probably just given up on me. You want to wash your hands of me. God, I understand. I'm such an embarrassment to you. God, you've taken your spirit away from me and I get it. I deserve it. But we see Samson in these moments, his faith coming back to him where he says, God, will you remember me? And we see him bowing in repentance. We see him humbling himself. We see him saying, please God, please God, not demanding, not expecting, but in a humble posture. He says, please God, strengthen me just once more. He's confessing and recognizing, God, I didn't confess it all these years, but right now I see that it was you all along that strengthened me. It wasn't me that was doing it. It wasn't in my own power. It wasn't by my own resources or my own steam. God, it was you all along. Just once more, will you strengthen me again? And again, we see some of his old nature still there. He's like, God, let me get revenge on the Philistines for what they did to my eyes. But we see the redemption coming through when he says, God, if it means I have to lay down my life, then I will do it to fulfill your purpose, 
to fulfill your calling, to fulfill the destiny that you always had for me, which is to be a deliverer, which is to be a rescuer for your people, which is to be someone that you use to make a difference in the lives of others. And rather than wanting it for myself and trying to gain an advantage for myself, God, if it means in this moment it's going to cost me my life, then so be it. But so be it. But God, will you remember me? Will you not pass me over? Will you not reject me? Will you not forget me? Because you are sovereign Lord, the covenant-keeping, faithful God of Israel. God, will you remember me? And we see that in that moment, God is able to do more with a repentant, humble man who remembers God and in humility acknowledges God's role in his life than he did in his entire life because he killed and again this might trouble us you know that we're celebrating someone who killed lots of people but again this is the culture of the bible where god was at work through human agents to to preserve a remnant of his people and here we see that those who are influential and powerful and 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 the greatest number were brought to ruin because of samson's Repentance and acknowledgement of God. And so I want to encourage you this morning that maybe you can identify with Samson. And maybe you, you can see those same three movements in your life. Three chapters, three scenes. And maybe you've looked at your life and you see yourself as maybe an, a washed up has-been that never really lived up to your potential. Maybe you had a great start. Maybe you were born in a Christian family or another family that just loved you and supported you. Maybe you had everything going for you and your life was full of potential and hope. And maybe early on you determined, I'm going to make my life count. It doesn't matter how young or old you might be. You you determined that you were going to serve God and you were going to give your whole life for God. And you were going to go 100% for God and, and make Jesus the center of your life. And like Josh again encouraged us that you were going to put Jesus as the central king of your life. And, and you had every good intention. But then, like Samson, you had a messy middle where everything just seemed to go wrong. And everything's unraveled and you made bad choices and bad decisions and you turned away from God and maybe you rejected God and maybe your heart just got harder and harder and you lived out of selfishness and ego and pride in what you wanted and and you were just trying to get leverage God for your own intentions and your own purposes and to just completely disregard God and his purpose for your life. And maybe you're at that juncture or maybe you're still on that journey. And I, if you're still on that journey, I plead with you, turn back to God. Turn back to God. Remember God. Or maybe you've, you're starting to come out of that. And maybe you feel that God might not be interested in you. God might not care. God might have just washed his hands of you and go, you're an embarrassment to me. I want to say to you, no, you're not. He remembers you. He remembers his calling. He remembers his love for you. He has not given up on you. His plan is still for you. And if you will, like Samson, say, God, remember me. Forgive me. I repent. I turn from my pride and my selfishness and my ego and my arrogance and my complete disregard of you. And I bow my knee before you as my king and my Lord and my savior. And I entrust myself to the sovereign covenant keeping God who has not given up on me. Then you too can have 
a new beginning. You could have a different ending, a redeemed ending, a third act that is an unlikely hero story where God, because of Jesus, can turn your life around and make something incredibly new and beautiful out of it. You know, the reason we have this hope, and I'd like the band to jump up, the reason we have this hope is because of Jesus. As Josh reminded us, as Chang reminded us, it's because of this incredible, wonderful story that the Bible reminds us of, that governs the whole of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. That, you see, unlike Samson, Jesus came and lived a perfect life of obedience to the Father. Unlike Samson, Jesus always followed the will of his Father. Unlike Samson, Jesus never acted out of selfishness or out of ego or pride, but he washed people's feet and he served people. Like Samson, Jesus too laid down his life. Not because he had anything to gain, not because he wanted to take revenge on anyone. He willingly laid it down. It wasn't taken from him, but he willingly laid it down to demonstrate the greatness of God's love for you and for me. To demonstrate that God has a bigger plan and a bigger purpose for each of us. And that is for us to know Him. To to know Him as our faithful, sovereign, covenant-keeping God. To bring us into God's family. To make us His own. To give us forgiveness and to give us a hope like, like Samson had that our future can be different to our past. And it doesn't matter how messed up it is and how broken it is and how unredeemable we think it is. Because of Jesus, we have hope. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, there's that great promise that because of Christ, and Michael alluded to that section just after this, because of Christ, the old is past and the new has come. And we are made new creations because of Jesus. And that is the hope that God offers us today. And so I want to encourage you, whatever your story has been, how painful and difficult it might have been, God's not done with you. I don't want to be cliched. There's a hero in you. (laughs) There's a good song about that. But it's true. An unlikely one. A broken one. Like me. Messed up. A disappointment maybe. But in God's hands, amazing things can happen. So I invite you to bow your heads. Close your eyes so you're not looking at me, making a mess of myself up here. And I want you to take a moment. Whether you're here in this room, whether you're outside, whether you're watching online, to allow God to speak to you. To hear Him say, You're not a washed up has been. That his love for you remains steadfast and strong and sure. That he's not given up on you. That he's got still plenty of life for you to live. 
plenty of stuff for you to do if you will just put your life back in his hands. Will you reach out to him? Will you surrender to him? Will you trust him? Will you remember him? Will you ask him to remember you? Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.